0: Hey friends, welcome to the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast on the season of Advent. My name is Steve Weens, and I'm a pastor and an author, but I'm also a Transforming Community alumnus from way back in 2011. As always, I'm alongside Transforming Center founder and my dear friend Ruth Haley Barton as we explore the themes of Advent as a season of transformation in which we invite the presence of Christ's light into the darkness. We invite you to listen to the scripture reading for this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, Cycle A.
1: A reading from Isaiah, chapter 7, verses 10 through 16. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as Sheol, or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask and it will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child, and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. A reading from the Book of Psalms, Psalm eighty, verses one through seven and seventeen through nineteen. Give ear, O Shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth for Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors our enemies laugh among themselves restore us O God of hosts let your face shine that we may be saved but let your hand be upon the one at your right hand the one whom you made strong for yourself then we will never turn back from you give us life and we will call on your name restore us O Lord God of hosts let your face shine that we may be saved A reading from Romans, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the holy scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the Son of God, with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including yourselves, who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. A reading from Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus.
0: Hi, Ruth.
2: Good to be with you again, Steve. We're finding our way through Advent, aren't we?
0: We really are, and we're uh, leading into the fourth Sunday of Advent. The title of this episode is Joseph and the Walk of Faith. But before we get there, I just always think it's helpful. I mean, I need it at least every week. Give me a yes. reminder. Great. What is Advent? <laughs> yes. Because I've totally forgotten it by now.
2: <laughs> yes, Advent is the season where we practice waiting. Uh, We pay attention to our deepest longings and the dark places of our lives and we hold them open before the Lord and we wait for Jesus to come into those places of our lives, the third coming of Jesus, if you will. Um, And we practice being in this liminal space where God is always leading his people to because God wants to bring forth something new and there's this waiting period usually before the new thing comes forward.
0: Mm. Well, I'd like to start this episode by reading the quote Very short quote from Thomas Merton from his book Thoughts in Solitude um, because I think it's a great tee-up. And then I want to ask you a question about the nature of of Joseph and, and what he did with the walk of faith. But the quote is this. Again, Thomas Merton from Thoughts in Solitude, and I quote, Sooner or later, if we follow Christ, we have to risk everything in order to gain everything. We have to gamble on the invisible and risk all that we see and taste and feel but we know the risk is worth it because there's nothing more insecure than this transient world Mm -hmm. i love thomas Merton so much yeah um introduce us to joseph in this particular week of scripture passages and and then start lead us into what you see as his walk of faith
2: Mm -hmm. well I just love the character of Joseph because I think he is the unsung hero of the Christmas story. And we try to sing him, but I don't think he ever gets all he deserves Um, because, you know, the greatest story ever told actually begins with this real moral dilemma with a, a real couple, a man and a woman who are in a relationship together. And, um, I, I believe they, they really love each other and not only that, they've been betrothed to each other and they have maintained a chaste relationship, which takes a lot of discipline yeah. <laughs> and they've maintained this chaste relationship, um, really trying to honor God and how they do their relationship. So they have not come together sexually yet. And yet Mary finds out she's pregnant. And the question comes, well, what's a man to do? Yeah. You know, like, what are you supposed to think? Yeah, (laughs) when this happens to you, when you're the man in the relationship. I mean, it's a tough, tough situation for everybody involved. And um, I, I believe that when we are under pressure, what's really true in us comes out. And Joseph is under a great deal of pressure. And in the midst of this pressure where he could have believed, and maybe he did for a while, who knows, that he had been profoundly betrayed by the woman that he loved. But in the midst of that pressure, in the midst of what could have been seen as a betrayal, Um, he chooses to do the good and kind thing because Joseph is just simply a good man. So this week of Advent is for the good men um, in the world. Like we are cheering them. We are raising um, our glass to them because there are these really good men in the world who are solid and who make our stories happen. And in this case, it is Joseph who, from his very good heart, comes up with a plan to dismiss her privately when he finds out that she's Pregnant. He's not going to make a big deal out of it. He's not going to come out in anger and try to shame her publicly or anything like that. He continues to love her even when he feels he may have been betrayed. Um, And so what's interesting here is that he comes up with this plan, and that is to put Mary away quietly. And it was a fine plan. It was a good plan. It was a good human plan. But it was a plan that was developed solely from a human perspective because Joseph did not know yet what God was doing. So all he could do was make a human plan. Um, And then eventually, though, God calls him into this deeper walk of faith, and that is to wake up, to see his situation in light of what God is doing, even though it seems so completely improbable, you know, that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and actually to change his approach because God was doing something miraculous and Joseph needed to make some choices that were consistent with it. So in other words, he had to relinquish his own plan in order to respond to God's plan. And oh, I just, I have so much regard for him when I see him able to move from what he had thought his way into Mm -hmm. to now fully understanding and acknowledging and actually believing with deep faith that God was in it. And, oh, I I just, I think there's so much regard for the kind of faith that it took for Joseph to walk out his journey right next to Mary in the Christmas story.
0: I agree, Ruth. And I'm so glad that you brought up the fact that actually his choice, you know, to, quote, put her away quietly, really, I mean, that that was in that culture in that time. That would have been a very radically generous thing to do. Yes,
2: very loving. Rather than, I mean, in that culture... I mean, she would have been seen to be an immoral woman at that oh, yeah. point, and they could have
0: stoned her. She could have been stoned
2: in the square. Yeah.
0: So what I like is that you you pointed out that Joseph had a good mm-hmm. idea, like Joseph had a good plan. It, it just was a human plan. It was it was not the yes, plan. Yeah, and
2: without it, didn't yet acknowledge the spiritual nature of what was happening. You know, which is discernment, isn't it? Yes. To see what's really happening spiritually speaking in any given situation is. The gift of discernment. And he just hadn't had it. He didn't he hadn't been given it yet.
0: In Matthew 1, I mean, I'll read it. It's just one verse. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife. And the way I read scripture is that like the literal meaning is really important, but there's more going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Richard yeah. Rohr calls that the basement meaning, the literal. There's more there than just saying that Joseph was asleep mm-hmm. and he was actually dreaming. And no, it's saying, yes, he was asleep, but in a very real way, he woke up. He woke up yes, to his spirit. He exactly. woke up to what God was doing. Yes.
2: Well, and the right. other interesting thing in this passage to me is that the, the, you know, the, mean, the, the, the meaningfulness, the significance of dreams. Yes. That you know Joseph saw what he saw in a dream, and oftentimes we dismiss dreams. In our culture, but I don't see anything in scripture that indicates that God doesn't still work through dreams. Um, So I I find that to be a very interesting part of Joseph's, well, the whole Christmas story happened in and through dreams.
0: The unconscious, gentle dream is where God meets Joseph. I just love that. Uh, And that's why God moves that way. Yes,
2: that when our defenses are down, God finds us and tells us things that we might not be able to hear or see when all of our defenses are up and raging.
0: And I can just imagine as Joseph wakes up, both literally and metaphorically, and then he realizes, oh, my gosh, now I have to tell my family what I'm going to do. And that's a frightening moment, is it not? Because it's one thing to hear it and wake up, but it's another thing to do it, and that's the walk Mm -hmm. of faith. Okay, so that brings me really to two questions. And here they are, okay? Number one. What is the speed of belief? And what I mean by that is how long do you think it took Joseph to really believe? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, was it in that moment that the angel told him? Or was there a piece of believing that came later because Mm -hmm. he took the next right step? Do you know what I mean?
2: Oh, I wish there was a way to know. Yeah. I wish there was a way to know a little bit more about what went on inside Joseph, like, I wish we knew um, what he was thinking, what he felt, how he prayed, how, you know, how he talked to God, what those interactions were like. Um, even more about the deep love of his heart for Mary, you know, because yeah. he loved her even more than he loved his own well-being. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he just wasn't going to sacrifice her no matter yeah. what. Um, so I, I, wish, I wish we knew. I don't I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about it? I do. I
0: mean, um, that was kind of an yes. unfair question. Maybe it was a leading question there, Steve. I but aren't just you glad I
2: volleyed have... it back to you? There yes. you
0: go. Yes,
2: yes.
0: <laughs> this is my conviction. Most of the time, we want to 100% believe before we have to take the step, right? We want certainty, I think. Um, we think we need to believe and have peace 100% before we move. But what I read in scripture, even way back to Abraham and Genesis and chapter 12, that God calls us to take the next right step to a place that God shows us. So I think there's something to faith. It's just taking the next right step, not knowing where it's going to lead, because I don't think it's faith if it's all laid out for you. Even if it's hard to yeah. do. Well,
2: and I, in fact, I think we all would like to talk about having a faith journey without without having to have any real faith.
0: One hundred percent. You know, like yes. I want to
2: talk to you about my faith journey, but I do not want to be asked to really have faith.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, exactly. So my second question was: Do do, do we have faith, quote unquote? Uh, do we do we own faith, or I like how you put it: Do do we walk in faith? Yeah. You know. I don't think we possess faith. I really no. don't.
2: And and if we don't take if we're not willing to take the faith step, then we certainly don't have it that our faith is seen and lived out through through the step we're willing to take. And and I'm thinking yeah. as you're speaking about that I'm thinking of the priests in Joshua 4, where oh, they yeah. were required to step into the Jordan River before it stopped flowing. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and it was raging; it was at it was at its height. Yep. And their job as leaders, as priests, was to step into the Jordan River in front of everybody before the waters had been backed up, yep. before the the river had stopped flowing. They were to take the step, and I just think, wow, isn't that sort of the microcosm of leadership? You know, where you're taking your own step of faith, you don't want to make a fool of yourself, but you're being asked to do it in front of everybody, and your faith journey then becomes, you know, at the impetus for everybody's faith journey in a way.
0: Hey friends, we'll get back to this week's episode in just a minute, but we wanted to take a quick pause to let you know that if God is stirring something within you about your own leadership experience, perhaps God is inviting you to join a transforming community. Transforming Communities are practice-based spiritual formation experiences with nine quarterly retreats over the span of two years. The Transforming Community experience is really designed to integrate your spirituality and your leadership and help you to reclaim practices and experiences that spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. So visit transformingcenter.org slash transformingcommunity to learn more and to apply or just click the link in the show notes now let's get back to this week's episode so if walking in faith as a leader we we don't want to look like a fool mm-hmm. in front of everybody <laughs> yes right uh that can sound like a throwaway line i mean mm-hmm. but if you're a leader in any sense the last thing you want to look like is a fool Uh, The last thing you want to do is, in your human spirit, to show that you don't know the way. You don't know what you're doing. You haven't been there before. But faith seems to require that of us. And that's part, really, of what I love about, about you and what you write. Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership, your book, is the story of Moses, is so impactful for me. Because I think about his journey and i think like 3 days into leading the children of israel out of egypt 3 days into the wilderness and he can't find water and they are cursing him he's the worst person ever yeah and you know on one level he has found no water like these people are going to die mm-hmm. right because he hasn't found water right he is a fool to do that yeah. and he must have felt like mm-hmm. a fool but he consistently, and what you bring out in the book, he consistently takes his frustrations, his limitations, his confusion, and failure, and he takes it to God. And I think even that is walking in faith, right? So at times, he even conf- he de- he defends yeah. his people uh, to God. And God says, hey, I'm going to wipe those people out. And Moses says, no, I-, I don't think you should. That's not who you are. And so there are so many examples in the scriptures of people who are trying to walk mm-hmm. out their faith foolishly and God meets them there. Right. Yeah. And, Oh, I just think this is very inspiring, but also let's never buy into the get rich quick, the five mm-hmm. easy steps, the leadership, seven easy steps, 10 ways to lead. If you're walking into any position of Christian or spiritual leadership, 100%, you will be met with those moments where you feel like a fool, yeah. and then what will you do?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and there's this phrase in the Romans passage for this week, Romans 1, 1 through 7, um, but it's this little, it's this phrase in verse 5, the obedience of faith through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. That's I think more what it is, isn't it? It's not it's not about belief in your head. It's about being obedient, doing the next doing the next thing that God is is asking us to do whether it makes any sense at all, whether it makes us look like a fool or not. There's a it's it's about the obedience of faith, being obedient to our faith. And I think that phrase really does describe Joseph in in an amazing way.
0: Yeah. What are some practices that you might recommend for this Mm -hmm. fourth Sunday in Advent?
2: Well, I'm going to suggest a pretty challenging one, and that is relinquishment of our own plans.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Don't say that. Don't do that. Please don't. Yes, I know. It's
2: terrible. But that's what I see in Joseph's story and his walk of faith is that when it became clear that his plan was not the plan spiritually— that it didn't really correspond to what was happening spiritually, that it didn't correspond to what God was doing. He relinquished his own plan, which was a good plan but limited, and he was able to embrace God's plan for his life, which was still painful. I mean, who knows? I wish we ever knew when Joseph got to discover or find out that the baby that Mary carried really was conceived by the Holy Spirit. When did he get to come into that true knowledge inside himself in a way that gave him peace? You know, I don't know. We don't know a a lot about Joseph's journey, but we do know that he was obedient to faith, that he chose to believe something and he was obedient to it. And so I wonder if there's any place in our own lives where this obedience to faith is required. That's what I want to ask. Is there a place in your life and mine where obedience to faith is required and where it might even require us to relinquish our own plan, decent plan though it might have been, in order to embrace a plan that might be a little crazier, but that is definitely God's plan. And that's a, it's a, that's a deep invitation. It's a deep practice. Anything that involves relinquishment on a human level, is is very significant, I think. But, of course, it opens up to receiving what God has to bring and has to give. So the reflection would be where in my life is faith required or obedience to faith required? And then the, the practice would be relinquishment in small ways and in large ways um, to relinquish our own plans. And just to go back to the season that we're in the juxtaposition here of Advent with the secular holiday of Christmas, um, the way we practice it in our culture, there are even some small things that we could practice as relinquishment. You know, like I'm not going to overdo it with the gifts. I'm going to relinquish my plans, you know, for that, or I'm going to relinquish that last batch of Christmas cookies, or you know what I'm saying? The thing that keeps me from the thing I want the most, the thing that keeps me from being present to the coming of Christ in my life, I'm going to relinquish it um, to, you know, give myself to God's plans. So um, that would be what I would, you know, be suggesting for us as we're now in the deepest part of Advent before we get to enter into Christmastide. So I'd like to give us a way to help us pray um, as we, you know, continue to walk out our own journeys of faith. Um, And here it is. Go ahead and, you know, enter into that beautiful prayer posture. Um, Be fat on the floor, back straight, hands open to receive. God of all wisdom, whose ways are beyond my own, show me the limitations of relying on my own plans. Mm. Help me to wake up to what you are inviting me to. A crazy step of faith, a sweet surrender, an act of blind trust. Like Joseph, give me the courage to follow you in the obedience of faith, wherever it may lead. For it is in you I trust. Amen. Amen. Thanks,
0: Ruth. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode and we wanted to let you know that we're currently accepting applications for our next Transforming Community spiritual formation experience for Christian leaders. You can explore the next Transforming Community by visiting TransformingCenter.org/slash transforming community. This podcast is a ministry of the Transforming Center and is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. The music on this episode comes from a recording produced by the Transforming Center. Called Advent Music and Solitude, which you can purchase on the website at transformingcenter.org. The scripture readings were read by Mary Martin Weens. If you've enjoyed the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast, please consider leaving us a review or rating us on iTunes or wherever you listen. You can also become a partner of the podcast and get exclusive benefits by visiting transformingcenter.org/patron.